I, I think there's power in numbers. So I like this concept of one plus one equals three and a half rather than one plus one equals two. Um, and I think when you bring a bunch of brilliant minds together into a room, let's say there's 10, 10 brilliant minds and you start to create ideas and bounce things off of each other, you now have like the collective power of like 20 or 30 minds rather than just 10. Uh, and I think as the world continues to evolve and grow, opportunities will present themselves. And what, what excites me most is we're going to be able to, as a tribe, as a group of men, navigate these opportunities together, hopefully attack them together, but most importantly, hold each other accountable to not forget about our health and our families along the way. Um, because everybody gets excited about money for a moment in time. Everybody gets excited about that shiny object. But what's really cool is when you can be excited about it and turn your phone off at 5 p.m. to go to dinner with your family. Um, and that, that to me is mm. what abundance is all about. And that's, you know, that's what excites me. Welcome to the Road to 100 podcast, a show for those of you who are out there building empires. We're your hosts, Cody Littlewood and Pasha Esfendieri. Together, we'll embark on the journey to the coveted 100 million mark, as well as striving for excellence in every aspect of our lives. Here at the Road to 100, we believe that true success goes beyond financial prosperity. That's why we bring you insightful conversations with top entrepreneurs and trailblazers who share their unfiltered experiences in building wealth, as well as cultivating fulfilling relationships and maintaining optimal health. This podcast is perfect for ambitious entrepreneurs, health enthusiasts, and anyone seeking genuine and transformative insights from those who dare to go all out. Welcome to The Road to 100, and we will see you at the finish line. Welcome to the pod, everyone. We have an awesome guest with us today. He has previously been the right-hand man of probably the wealthiest guy that Pasha and I know. Well, definitely the wealthiest guy I know. Maybe not the wealthiest guy that Pasha knows, but who's built a massive empire. And now he is the CEO of an incredible organization that Pasha and I are both a part of. And the reason why Pasha and me are friends and the reason why I actually have most of my friends. Um, so go abundance. Uh, he's a great family man and good businessman. Great investor. Um, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, thanks so much, man. I'm honored to be here. The only thing I'll correct you on is I still serve as uh, David's right hand and oversee his family office in addition to to what I'm doing for GoBundance. So I'm actually you know, sitting at his house right oh, now and I okay. do both. Um, I'm honored and privileged to, to lead GoBundance, this amazing tribe with you know humans just like you two um, on a day in and day out basis. And, and when we were discussing the opportunity, the one, the one caveat I had was as long as I can keep doing everything I'm doing for David, I'll do this. Um, the, David's the guy that married cool. my wife and I. Him and his wife were the first people to meet our first daughter because our parents were still on a flight down to Austin, Texas. So um, you know, I think of him almost like a father I'd take a bullet for the man and, um, I'm honored to be around him, honored to be around people like y'all and go abundance and, and honored to, to be on the show today. Awesome, man. Yeah, I didn't, I actually did not realize yeah. that because you have been, you've been making a huge impact in the organization. Uh, you know, there was a, there was a time where I had kind of my doubts yeah. about the direction of the organization and Matt came in and really has been just crushing it. And I now again, can't wait to go to, cool. uh, can't wait to go to the events. So I've been seeing all that you've been doing. I didn't think there was any possible way that you had enough time to do both. Yeah, man. Look, I've, I've learned from people like you guys, you guys juggle a million different things and also still be present with your family, take vacations with your significant others, focus on your health. Um, it's called an abundant life. And the way you do that is through people, is through talent, is through leverage, is through systems. And, um, you know, we're still working it out right now. It's probably a little bit more grindy than systems and talent. Um, but every single day it gets better. <laughs> every single day it improves. And 
Um, I, th- I think, yeah. I think you can have it all. I think, I think that the universe wants you to choose to have it all. You've just got to have the guts to do it and, or the, or the lack of brains to do it. I don't know which one, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I know there's a way and yeah, and I know there's a way and I'll find the way. So that's yeah. awesome, man. Do you want to give kind of a little bit of background about how you became yeah. the right hand, by how, how you came to run a family office? Absolutely. I mean, you're a pretty young dude. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I, I was born and raised in a small town in Wisconsin, um, grew up amazing parents, incredible you know, sister, but just basic middle class. My dad's about to retire uh, here in September from the same company he's worked at for the last 47 years. Um, so risk wasn't really a big thing for my parents. It was kind of like do the do the steady thing. Um, grew up very competitive athletically, uh, played a bunch of sports growing up, was very fortunate that my parents allowed me to go as deep into things as I wanted, played soccer at a very high level, wrestled at a very high level. Um, going through college, I started working at a country club and uh, I worked in the locker room cleaning shoes. Um, and I learned in the locker room cleaning shoes that there was a million ways to make a million dollars when one of the members came up and told me that. And I looked at him, I was like, I don't really think so. I mean, you could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer, you could own a business, but like, I don't really get it. <laughs> yeah. um, and he said, look, man, I created a hair care product accidentally that was picked up by Walmart for African-American folks. Uh, I'll never work another day in my life. And this was like a small white Jewish dude. Um, and I was like, <laughs> wait, how, how, uh, I'm sorry, I got to interject. How did he figure out how to make a hair product for, you know, dude, I was so dumbfounded. I never even asked. I was just like, oh okay. my gosh, <laughs> like, how did that happen? Um, and so, you know, working there, I met this, uh, incredible entrepreneur who said, Hey, why don't you come run my silk screening and embroidery company? And I was like, I don't know what that means, but it sounds like an opportunity. And, uh, was doing that while going to school and, you know, fast forward, i you know, decided to go off on my own and do that business. And, uh, there came a time when I could either print t-shirts or I could make 3000 bucks. And I decided, you know, 3000 bucks is more important than going to this, this class and learning about, you know, stoicism or logic or whatever class I was attending at that, at that moment in time. Um, uh, my girlfriend at the time who's now my wife said, Hey, I'm going to go teach in the inner city schools of Washington, DC. I said, great, I'll go with you with no intentions of ever leaving Wisconsin. Um, she said, I didn't really invite you. I said, I don't really care. I'm going anyways. And so we moved out there uh, to the East coast. Um, I moved out there with 20,000 bucks in my bank account. I thought I was God's gift to the universe. I was 23 years old. I thought I was rich. I didn't have, you know, I didn't need to work. And so I decided to volunteer at a camp for children with incarcerated parents. Um, the day we took the kids from DC, uh, from Baltimore, Maryland, excuse me, to Washington, DC, there happened to be this additional chaperone in my group by the name of Pat Hyben. Um, Pat spent the whole, oh Pat God. spent the whole bus ride telling me about how he was an investor and a New York Times bestselling author. And, you know, through all the comments in my eyes hitting the back of my head, I thought, well, there's, there's gotta be something I can learn from this guy. And so I just kept asking questions, uh, ordered his book off of Amazon, read it in a day, not because I wanted to be a real estate professional, but because there was a ton of nuggets in that book that you can apply to any aspect of your life. Um, texted him through Twitter, I think it was at the time and said, Hey dude, what would it take to have lunch with you? Um, fast forward, I started working for him. And then one day in 20, 2014, I believe 2013, I think it was, he said, you're going to go volunteer at go abundance, this mastermind group. I own. I was like, what the hell is a mastermind? Like I didn't even know. Uh-huh. And so, uh, was a go crew at the first go abundance event in Orlando, Florida, bumped into this, Holy bumped shit. into this guy by the name of David Osborne. I was like, man, that guy's fascinating. Fast forward to the Tahoe event later that year. Rewrote my five-year vision on the flight back to D.C. I said I work in Austin, Texas. 
I live in Austin, Texas, excuse me, work for David Osborne. And two weeks later, he called and said, what would it get to take to get you down to Austin? I had never even been to Texas. Wow. How, how did Pat uh, take it? I mean, yeah, how did dude, it, was, it was a really <laughs> hostile situation that I could talk about now because the, the universe works in beautiful ways. But there was a lot of comments. There was a point in time in which uh, David said, hey, man, Pat's my brother of, of, of countless years. No hire will ever come before that. And I said, no, this is what I want for my, you know, my opportunity and let me figure out a way to bridge the gap. And it was a long hike with Pat in the woods of Maryland explaining that I'll keep doing what I was doing for him while I took on what I was doing for David. And I hired a virtual assistant and I transitioned everything I was doing to the virtual assistant and then gave Pat the virtual assistant and said, here, now you've got everything I was doing, but for cheaper. And um, it was ugly for a minute, but we've worked through it. We've navigated through it. And, and now it's all come full circle with uh, me now running GoBundance, which they both own. So it's it's pretty beautiful, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, oh, that's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, that's really cool. So... Let me ask you this, right? Because you, when you took over GoBundance, I think there was a lot of people. And just to back the story up, like Cody and I met because of that. Yeah. You know, um, we we met at like uh, we had a he had a house and he invited a bunch of GoBros there. We were there, and that's how we met. And you know, we owe so much to GoBundance. But I also, when I look at you, Matt, and I think about you, man. Like you are really steering the ship in incredible places. Yeah. Like the on, on a personal level, the ROI that I've gotten from GoBundance, not just monetarily, but like authentic relationships and friendships and inspiration has been astronomical. I think you're doing an incredible job, but I do want to know what was the hardest thing about stepping in a CEO and then how the hell do you manage a hundred or thousand privileged yeah. uh, members of society <laughs> who are used to getting what the hell they want? Well, look, man, yeah. the, <laughs> an entrepreneur. Yeah. Them, right? I mean, look, yeah. like, I, first of all, I appreciate, you know, um, those kind words, like I'm just doing the best I can every single day and owning it honestly and humbly, like we're going to make mistakes, we're going to falter, we're going to fail. Um, but as long as we have the right intentions in mind, and we're willing to take feedback and listen to, to the members inside of our organization, like we will course correct, and we will deliver the product that we set out to, which right. was to change men's lives. Um, you know, the hardest thing, can I say yeah, yeah. something? Yeah, real quick. I think I think really quick, the big difference maker for me is that you're one yeah. of us. Right. You're like an entrepreneur, yeah. you know, you're like an entrepreneur in your own right. And you are a super good family yeah. man. And you're, you, you care a great deal about your family and you're also, you're healthy. Like you talk the talk or sorry, you walk the walk. Right. Um, and I think that's been a big difference maker in the eyes of a lot of well, people. Look, man, the, the reason I walked the walk was because I was raised by GoBundance. When I was introduced to GoBundance, yeah, my yeah, net right. worth was negative $30,000 and I didn't know a minus yeah. B equals C. Like I just didn't know the basics. Um, but through GoBundance, I learned about having goals, having a five-year vision, managing my finances, doing my one sheet, looking at my life happiness index. And I started to make changes in my life. And when I saw the result, like, how can you not be all in for that, you know, that mindset, that way of yeah. life? Um, but to go back to Pasha's question, the hardest thing for me, honestly, is I'm not a very social human. And so when you're leading and managing this this giant group of incredible humans, all of them generally are pretty like hard charging, but generally speaking are pretty social and they like to talk and interact. Uh, and for me, I'd rather sit in the closet with the door closed and just like, just be me. Right. And so the hardest part for me is, is stretching myself socially and having those conversations and being around that social energy at our events or on the zoom calls. Uh, because I've always been great with the team winning the trophy, but me being in the background, like, um, I don't need to be right. front of stage. I don't need any of the attendance. I don't like to promote. I don't want to do any sales. I don't like the rah-rah. Like, 
put your head down, get shit done, and then, you know, go home to your family is kind of how I like to live my life. So the hardest part for me has been the social aspect and, and stretching myself a little bit there. Got it. Would you say that the, what, would you say just the listening to the feedback from everybody has been what's been really been guiding you to steer the ship? Or what do you think has been the biggest contributing factor? Yeah, did you, you come to- in? Did you come into it and you were like, I know, I know what to do? Or has it been like, try things, listen to feedback, go yeah. from there? You know, I came into it with an idea that we had to get back to what made GoBundan so special in the beginning because I saw it when there was 13 guys sharing a house in Orlando, Florida. And, you know, we were in a movie theater room and Ricky Williams was speaking and David was sharing his over- financial overview. Like I saw the, the, the special sauce that was in that room. Um, but I think like more than anything, it's just been being willing to listen and being open to feedback and, and ideas. Um, and oftentimes it's not really the direct feedback you get that you have to listen to. It's the underlying why behind that feedback. Um, and so it's kind of like looking at that and dissecting it and going a little deeper and saying like, okay, so I hear the complaint is X, but really what they're wanting is Y and like making sure you can acknowledge the complaint, hear the underlying criticism and then correct the underlying component, um, which solves the complaint too. Don't get me wrong, but it's usually not the paint color that they're complaining about. It's usually the way at which you painted the wall. And so if you go, okay, well, I can fix both at the same time. Generally speaking, people can be pretty happy. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of like L10s, yeah. right? Uh, you know, and, and like get towards the underlying issue. What's the real underlying issue? They're saying X, but they really, you know, what they're really upset about. Exactly. Is y, so. Exactly. So, yeah. So I, I think, look, all of life, my belief about life is that you can find the way or make the way to accomplish or achieve whatever you set out to accomplish and achieve. Um, but the only way you can do it is if you surround yourself with incredible people and you're willing to take feedback and take action. Uh, and so throughout my entire, you know, business life, all I've tried to do is be open to feedback, never take things personal as hard, as hard as it can be at times. Like, you know, nobody's attacking me and saying, Matt, you look stupid. They're saying, Hey, the way this feels is X or my experience has been Y it's not an attack on me personally. And even if it is like, there's probably something deeper, deeper, deeper there because nobody, um, that's going to complain generally knows me truly to my core as the human being I am. And so I don't take it personal. I listen to the feedback and then I surround myself with a great board of advisors. I mean, one of the first things I did inside of GoBundance was I said, hey, we need to put together a tribal council of members to help lead this tribe. Because at the end of the day, like if we don't surround ourselves with people that are willing to call us out on our stuff, we just reside in an echo chamber of our own bullshit. And like, how dead ended does that feel? Like, you know, you look in the mirror and you got the yeah. same damn story every single day. You're not going to get to where you want to go. Most likely. What, what would you say? Um, you said something about secret sauce for, cause there's some people who will listen to this who are entrepreneurs who are not in go abundance. They've heard me and go yeah. and Cody talk about it a, a bunch. What is the secret sauce and why do you think this makes it such a special group? And then, um, yeah, let's just talk about that. I have another question. Look, I think go and ahead. There's a new competitor. There's a new tech startup that just started. Oh, it's ki- not kind of competitor to go on it. So I'd love to hear what you think. About I don't even that. know who it is. So I'd love to hear who it is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right, I kind of right. put my head down and just say like, you know, I'll outwork anybody and I'm sure there's going to be competitors and I've got a team that pays attention to those and does research on it. But I've got a high enough mountain to climb myself that I'm just going to put my head down and trust that I'll get to the top. Um, so the secret sauce, honestly, I would I would go back to say is like, the number one thing in order to, to get change in life is vulnerability. And what GoBundance does an incredible job of doing is it puts uh, together an environment for people to be vulnerable, share where they're trying to go, share the struggles they're having, and then ask for accountability on where they're trying to go. 
when you hear somebody be vulnerable and have tears in their eyes sharing the, you know, the story about their daughter or the story about their wife or the story about their husband, and then they tell you, this is what I'm trying to correct and this is where I'm trying to go, you have a bond deeper with them than, than I can even yeah. explain. And, and you see that as like, I can help this human overcome something that's causing them pain and trouble and difficulty. And I can see a, a greater version of them inside of there. And so you just become a force for great for them and just want to pour into them and help hold them accountable. And that's what we've done inside of GoBundance. I loved when I first came to GoBundance, I loved being able to celebrate my mm. wins, like openly, yeah. right? Like be able to talk to people yeah. that like, most of my wins, I can't really no. tell like my normal friends, no. right? Because they're like, the, the, it'll it'll never, you know, you'll, you'll just sound like a conceited That's asshole. Right. And, um, but then at the same time, being able to share my real losses right. too, right? Like uh, when I when I first had my my son, I had a really hard time connecting with him as a, mm -hmm. as, as a baby. I think a lot yes. of dads do. Well, I found out when I shared that a lot of dads do, right? Until they get a little older and they start, inter and you guys can like start interacting. And that's like really where a lot of the dad bond comes from. Um, yeah. but I felt super, super guilty about that. So like, there've been things that like, I've been able to share my wins, but I've also been able to share losses and get a lot of advice from guys that are way further along than I am. And that's been huge. That's right. So. That's right. Um, so the competitor, and I like this, right? Because, uh, I don't think competitors are a bad thing. I actually think it means you guys have been onto something for a lot longer than anybody else. Yeah. And you picked up on something that I think is really key. And, and that, and that, that is that they're, that it's super lonely. Like most entrepreneurs live a super lonely right. life, right? Um, I agree because with that. it is really hard to find other people that are doing things at the pace and scale that you're doing those things at. And then also, and when you do meet those people, it's hard to kind of break down those those barriers and have that support. Yeah, and let me so it's called let Hampton. me pause you just one yeah. one second. I think most humans generally live very lonely lives. Like we live a very superficial, sure. connected through social media, text, and seeing people at the That's soccer true. game, like generally speaking, I think people are dying to be connected, seen and have like really deep bonds that mm -hmm. go. I mean, why do you think fraternities do so well in colleges? It's because the brotherhood totally. and the bond that happens there. Like, why do you think sports teams do well? Like at the end of the day, like one of the things I'm thinking about with regards to GoBundance specifically is like, how can we make five intentional connections so deep that when you die, those are the people carrying your casket. And like, you know, if I ask you guys today, like when you die, who's going to carry your casket? Most people, you know, GoBundance will be stunned, but most people outside of GoBundance will go like, I don't know. I don't want to think about it. But it really like the answer behind the answer to me is I don't know who I care about that much. I don't know who cares about me that much to actually like yeah. serve that honor and do that for me. Um, so it's called the Hamptons. That's, that's a good Sorry, question. it's called the Hamptons. Uh, it, do okay. it doesn't matter. It's called, yeah, it's called Hampton. I okay. don't want to give it Okay, I don't either. Out. Yeah, okay. I don't either. But uh, <laughs> but no, no, no. It's it's but but I it, it took off. The guy that started it has a huge audience, yeah. um, and so it took off. But it's mostly like tech founders. Yeah. So it's like the whole Silicon Valley world where I think GoBundance is maybe a little bit more like the sweaty startup um, real estate yeah. world, right? Uh, we got a lot of a lot of guys that have built um, you know awesome businesses. Very few tech guys yeah. though. Uh, but I just think that for me again, right? Like I don't think. I really wasn't ever thinking about it as a competitor in that way. I was thinking about it as a competitor as in like, oh, everyone at the top of their game has the same feeling. But I think it's interesting that you say that everyone just has that same yeah. feeling, um, you know, the desire for deep connection. And we just well, don't, we just don't get it. So, well, I think uh, to, to Matt's point earlier, and I've, I've spoken this with a few friends of mine, as our environment gets to become more digitalized and social media, I think more and more people are seeking 
retreats and communities and whatever people are trying to have that commonality because now we're more connected. That's why I see that there's this really big trend in masterminds and communities and retreat groups and all of these different things are just popping up everywhere. In my opinion, I think it's a trend that's going to keep expanding. There's going to be more and more communities like this because we need human connections, a human need of ours. Yeah. Yep. I'll say one more thing about GoBundance that I liked when I joined that I didn't see in like Vistage or YPO, although I have had a few friends in YPO tell me that YPO does have this, but it was the full life thing. I didn't need a lot of help driving my business forward, right? Like I'm already, I already work way too hard, but I needed like help being a more balanced person. (laughs) And so, uh, so that's something I always really appreciated as well. And I think that, you know, I think Pat and Dave, David and Tim, um, you know, and and Mike, uh, you know, really kind of clued in on very early to their credit. I think so. Matt, what are you most excited about in your life? Right? Because you, you're able to be inspired by just incredible humans all around. You see it all. So what are you inspired and what have you been implementing into your personal life that you, yeah, there's so many things, man. I mean, um, my wife is inspiring. I mean, this lady just trained for a marathon and did all of the training in a freaking closet on a treadmill and ran a marathon. Um, Holy we're at shit. the top of a mountain the other day in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and there was an extra paraglider that was talking to my father-in-law. And I looked at my wife and said, "You should do this." And she put the backpack on and went paragliding with no, you know, no intent, and no experience, and all fear. So, like that lady's inspiring. Like my four-year-old daughter is like the most fiery, intense little human that I could ever imagine, and um, she inspires me <laughs> daily to challenge the status quo and not just do what you're told, but ask why and negotiate and. You know, um, <laughs> my son, my two-year-old son, dude's falls off the bleachers in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, cuts his eye open, has got blood dripping down his face, and all he cares about is where the rock in his pocket went. Like, those kids inspire me. My wife inspires me, my family. Um, you know, I think the thing I'm most excited about is, like, we're only on this earth for, a, like, a, a little moment in time. Like, when you really think about it, I'm, you know, 33 years old, and I look yep. back and go, like, wow, where is time gone? But I look forward and go like, wow, time's going to go so fast. Um, and to like just be 1% better every single day ex- excites me and inspires me. And I think that's what motivates me more than anything to, to keep pushing and to keep growing and try to be the best version of myself I can be. Got it. What, what got you, what has you excited about the direction of GoBundance is going or what has you inspired for what you're about to create inside of GoBundance? I I think there's power in numbers. So I like this concept of one plus one equals three and a half rather than one plus one equals two. Um, And I think when you bring a bunch of brilliant minds together into a room, let's say there's 10 10 brilliant minds and you start to create ideas and bounce things off of each other, you now have like the collective power of like 20 or 30 minds rather than just 10. Uh, and I think as the world continues to evolve and grow, opportunities will present themselves. And what, what excites me most is we're going to be able to, as a tribe, as a group of men, navigate these opportunities together, hopefully attack them together, but most importantly, hold each other accountable to not forget about our health and our families along the way. Um, because everybody gets excited about money for a moment in time. Everybody gets excited about that shiny object. But what's really cool is when you can be excited about it and turn your phone off at 5 p.m. to go to dinner with your family. Um, and that, that to me is what abundance is all about. And that's, you know, that's what excites me. How have you've been, you've lived a pretty close life to, to, uh, you know, to somebody who's just been crushing it, but also has been pretty focused on family. What, um, you know, and I think now a lot of people probably use the excuse that, well, once you have 
once you're worth $200 million or whatever, it's, you know, you have a full, you, you can do those yeah. things, right? You can have full staff, but I don't think, you know, but that hasn't always been the case. And you've been there yeah. for a lot of that. I'd love to, how do you both crush it at work and like fit everything into a day, but also show up at 5 p.m. for dinner? I think it's all about habits and how you use your day, right? Like I think, you know, if you think about tools, a scalpel in one man's hand it, in a surgeon's hand saves a life and a scalpel in a murderer's hand takes a life. Um, habits and choices in a day are the exact same way. Um, if I wake up at 5 a.m. and you wake up at 5 a.m., how am I going to use my 5 to 6 a.m. and how are you going to use your 5 to 6 a.m.? And I think the thing that people need to recognize is, you know, success leaves clues, but ultimately the most successful people are the most diligent and the most habit-oriented people. Um, Tiger Woods didn't just wake up and was like one day the best golfer in the world. Like, yeah, he has some God-given abilities. He had some talents. But I bet you any money he practiced way more than all of his peers. He put himself through way more pr pressure, way more pain, way more you know hard choices than any of his peers. And ultimately what that does is it gets you to be the best golfer in the world. Same is true of business. Same is true of being a husband. Same is true with your health. Um, we all have the same tools. We all have time and we all have this amazing thing now called the internet and podcasts like y'all's that all the information you need in the world is out there. It exists. It's just a matter of are you going sure. to choose to consume it? And then do something with it, or are you going to just choose to pay, not pay attention to it, and listen to Fox News again on repeat for thirty-seven hours on, you know, Tucker Carlson or whatever the heck they're talking about today, right? You actually brought up a good point too. Or listen to it, consume it, and not actually do anything. Well, that's a huge, right? yeah, that's that's a huge one. Like I'll give you an example. So about three or four weeks ago, I was listening to uh, a podcast because I just love to consume content while I'm working out and. It was an inspiring speaker, and I won't share his name because I'd, I'd like to someday meet him, and we'll have the chance to meet him someday and ask him why he did this. But he talked about how he had to travel a bunch for work. And he was traveling one day, and his daughter said, Dad, why do you have to travel? And he said, well, this, this is my gift, honey. Like This is how I provide for the family. This is how I put food on the table. And she said, Dad, if I eat less, would you not go? And like he, he decided, he continued the story, and he decided – that he was going to still make the trip because he needed to show his kids a lesson and teach them grit and show them what it was all about to, to make a living and provide for your family. And here I am like running on a treadmill at 530 in the morning with like tears in my eyes because my four-year-old asked me every single night, Dad, are you going to be here in the morning? Dad, are you going to be here in the morning? And I travel a bunch for work. I'm traveling a bunch right now. I, I put in a lot of work, you know, but I don't sacrifice my family. And I was thinking like, well, shit, what, what example am I setting for my kids? And so I went to my wife and said, hey, for this event in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, why don't you and the kids come with me? Like, I don't want to be the guy packing my suitcase and looking at my daughter and saying, do you want food on the table? This is how I'm going to do it. Like, I want to be, yeah. I'm putting food on the table with your help, your support, and by the way, you're coming with me. And so my family came yeah. with me. I brought my four-year-old up on stage. Um, she got to see what I did. She thought I built stages for a living. So she was shocked to go into the room and see the stage was already built. Um, but like, but like, it's about bringing them along on the journey. It's about applying the information we learn. And it's not always just the message that you hear and the way the message was portrayed, but it's more of how does it land with you and what decisions do you want to make? I could have made the same decision as that speaker and justified it as this incredibly successful guy who's trained amazing people. He did this. And so I'm going to do it too. But instead I said, wow, he did that. Here's what he chose. How do I feel with that? It doesn't sit right with me and I'm going to choose yeah. something different. No, I loved, I loved your decision when you shared that, cause you yeah. shared that the other day and I, I read that story, man. And it like, it was gut wrenching to me. And I thought about, I, I, I couldn't get out of my head all weekend. Well, 
Um, I can't remember if you share on Saturday or Sunday, but it's been like stuck in my head. Well, I, I had multiple people message me and go like, dude, you shared that. And now I'm trying to figure out how my, how to take my family here, how to take my family there. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I had one guy text me and say like, now I'm trying to figure out how to take my family here, but I don't know how to bring a nanny. I was like, dude, we brought my in-laws along, like bring them along for the experience. It's like, Oh my God, I'm going to bring my right. parents. It's like, this stuff isn't rocket science. It's just like, you can either see yeah. obstacles and like, how do I get around this or over this or under this? Or you can see roadblocks and, and problems and choose not to do anything about it. I, I believe that every single thing has a solution and a potential solution that's easier than any of us could possibly imagine. You just have to ask yourself the right questions. Growing with like the big, you know, the, the big families that you you were around on yeah. a day-to-day -day basis, I'm just curious as you've seen them grow, do you think they've, do you think they've developed a mindset and then, and then everything else, you know, then, yeah. then, then things have followed or do you think like, do they, do they develop a mindset and develop kind of a way of looking at life and money and wealth and then things grow into them or is it vice versa, right? Where they are growing yeah. into it and then having to adapt their mindset to kind of keep up with the pace at which. They're yeah. Moving. I think most people think it's do be have, but it's actually be do have. Um, and what I mean right. by that is like, you have to become the human that can, um, have that mindset. You have to change your habits. You have to change your patterns. You have to think about life a little bit differently. Then you have to actually do it. You have to actually implement it. And then all of a sudden you can have things. I think most of the world thinks, hmm. well, I'll do it. I'll work really hard. Then I'll become it. And then everything's going to flow to me. But that's just not in my experience, how the universe has worked for me or the people I've seen, um, with success or as we deem success or with the most happiness, it's, you, you really got to you got to em, embrace that person first then you've got to do it and then you and then you get to have it and and it rewards you plentiful in my experience i love that man it reminds me of like the way that atomic yeah. habits talks about things where like what where he's like he's like be the type of person you are now the type of person like change That's your identity right. you're now the type of person that gets up at 5 a.m. every morning That's and right. works out right you're not like you're not the type of person that hates it but does yeah. it anyways, right? Change. Your yeah. And identity. how many people, how many people also, do you talk to that say, I'm not a morning person? Like, Oh my God, talk about a limiting yeah. belief. Jeez, oh, Louise, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and totally. also with, with these, you know, habits, don't do it where you're just doing such a crazy 180. commit to one month, then commit to another month, do it in smaller chunks. So you don't get overwhelmed it. with it. And I always say with this, like be do habits, become the person and let the results That's catch right. up, Yeah, you know? And, and it, it will come to you for sure. I think that's the, the biggest thing. And um, you can create a habit within 90 days, but don't don't commit and go full 180. It's just really, really hard yeah, to do that. It's, and know? that's like one of the biggest mistakes I've seen people make is they go from being a slug and not working out to saying, I'm going to run every single day and I'm going to run a marathon. It's like, wait, time out, dude. Like, when was the last time you even ran? Like, hey, how about just run one time a week? Now can you do two times a week? Now can you do three? Maybe we could do a 5K, then a 10K, like, Life is about momentum and when you find that momentum and you put momentum on your side, you all of a sudden get this magical tailwind at your back that helps make life just way easier in my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Matt, what do you – okay, so this show is called Road yeah. to 100, right? What do you think is the biggest uh, shift in somebody who's a decamillionaire into somebody who's in the 100 millions? Uh, they go from I do it to they do it. So I think uh, in business, we go from like I do it to we do it to they do it. Um, and I think people that can amass the most amount of success and the most amount of wealth, think Elon Musk, for instance, like he's not figuring out how to rock, launch the rockets into space. They are figuring out how to launch the rockets into space. 
He's a visionary. He's casting the vision. He's holding people accountable to that vision. But he's trusting that they will figure it out. He's trusting that the people around him will figure it out. Um, so I think like the number one thing that I see is having this ability to delegate and elevate yourself, like get out of your own way. Uh, and then trust that the people that you've surrounded yourself, that you know your top five, whatever you want to call them, your empire expanders, will be able to find the way or make the way to go where you want to go. Got it. Do you think the biggest, like, what do you think the biggest impediment for people ad adapting, like getting into that mindset? Um, is, ego, right? Like going from ego. Yeah. The great, the, yeah, the greatest, the greatest, that's the greatest thing answer. I ever did was drop out of college because now I can easily look at every single person I talk to and say, I'm not the smartest person in this room. I dropped out of college. Yeah. Like scholastically, that's correct. <laughs> I don't have the degree that some other people have, but like real life knowledge, like real talk, I'd put myself up against anybody because I've just been a constant learner and a constant like consumer of information. But I use that as a way to play this game and let my ego go and say like, I know I'm not the smartest person in the room. I know I'm not the best with Excel. I know I'm not the best lawyer. Sure. And so I've got to go find those people. And guess what? Most of them don't have the balls or the guts that I've got. And so they won't take the risks like I will take or like David will take or like Pat will take or like y'all will take. And so you take the brains and you say, okay, I need the brains. I need the way to do it. And I'll show you that I've got the guts to figure out how to get there and, and just bet on me. And once you build a, a, a beautiful vision, you just attract talent and amazing people will come in and serve that vision because they see a way to achieve theirs inside of it. That's absolutely right. I remember me dropping, I dropped out of college as well too. I, it used to be my biggest insecurity. Yeah. And now I'm just so happy about it because I, I agree with you too. I feel like I'm the dumbest person yeah. in every room, but I just love to listen. I love to grow and then I'll formulate my yeah. own thoughts. And like you, I'm just like, I have bigger balls than anybody else. Let's go. Like I will, I'll, I will go and <laughs> not, no, you, you got know, guts. Like that, no, yeah. they're huge. They're big. You got guts. I have guts. Yeah. I'll, I'll go yeah. and build something and I'll go put in the, whatever. Well, and the best thing is, the I best thing sure. is, is people love to feel significant. And they love to be put on a pedestal. So when you can go into a room and say, look, guys, I'm not the smartest person in the room. I've dropped out of college. Everybody's guard goes down. Ego goes way up. And they start mm. telling you all of these things that they think you don't have any idea about. They pontificate about it. And you look at it and go, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. I'm out. Or I'm not going to do it. Or I just now look at you in a totally different lens. But you've totally de-armed them by going in there and saying, like, I'm not the smartest guy in this room. Yeah. I'm going to start telling people I went to a state there school. Go. There you go. <laughs> the only, I, gradu I did graduate from college. Now I feel a little bit bad well, right now. I'm the, now you're I'm a, well, we're gonna you're a tech you. guy, so it was probably like Harvard or MIT or something something big. No, something prestigious. no, no. It was a, Utah, Utah <laughs> State University. <laughs> I, I think we're known for our uh, cattle there you go. systems. There you go. Um, no, I, but I think the only, thing that, the only thing that college shows, and I've seen this time and time again after hiring people, is the only thing that that shows is that is that you're is that you're good at following a, a yeah. itinerary yeah. right and then doing what you're you know doing homework right like i i i look at what i learned in university versus what i learned even in the first year being in the real world right and i could have i i could have had three degrees in my first year yeah. working and doing things in the real world for uh i mean it's it, it it's such a it's such a bogus uh qualifier yeah what do you what do you, uh, when we're talking about, you know, it's instead of I, it's they create right from the 10 to a hundred, what have you found that it's like the best manager managerial style? You find somebody, you want to create something with them. How, what have you seen that works best? 
finding a rock star and letting yeah so look i i think like if you look all the way back to like ancient spartan times like generally speaking they'll say leadership should exist of five direct reports so the first thing i tell everybody is how many people are reporting to you if it's more than five that's like red flag number one like you can't successfully delegate and manage more than five people at least in my experience we were talking about, we were that, talking earlier. about that earlier like that's right yeah. <laughs> somebody that had yeah like, 30 like it's just a red flag right like that means they're a control freak they have a giant ego and they're not willing to let things go which ultimately means the ceiling of what's possible for them resides with only them, nothing else, nothing more. Hmm. Um, so I found like the best thing to do is have you know five five people reporting to you. Um, I call them empire expanders, people that are set out to help you expand their empire. And the most beautiful thing I've seen to lead people is have a vision so big, so compelling that they see a way to achieving their vision inside of yours. Once you connect with once you connect that. with a human yeah. on an emotional level and you show them you are vested in their success and achievement of their vision, they will run through brick walls. They will work overtime. They will answer emails on Saturdays. They will do whatever is needed to be done because you truly care about what's in it for them and you truly care about them achieving their vision. Have you, where did you get that from out of curiosity? A little bit of a, little bit of a mixed bag, right? So like everybody that I listen to, I steal something from Gary Keller talks about the empire expanders. He talks about having a vision so big that people's visions can fit inside of yours. You know, David Osborne has done an incredible job with me and other people around them getting really clear on goals and having an understanding of what I want to achieve and helping me achieve it. Um, you know, I, I think I just kind of steal bits and pieces of it all the time and try to like mix it into a recipe that feels somewhat like unique. But none of this shit is unique. All of this stuff can be consumed elsewhere. Like I stole all of this from other people. I'm not clearly smart enough to take no, it. No, totally. Yeah, yeah, no, I. No, I, no, no, I, was, no, I know. I wasn't I know. saying that. I was just. I couldn't remember. I've yeah. heard that somewhere else, yeah. and I love it. Um, yeah. Ed Milet in his new book, Power of One More, which is really good. Actually, when I first saw him, it was at yeah. an abundance event, and he, when he got on stage, I was like, "Oh, what a fucking yeah. meathead! This is gonna suck." And it ended up being the like probably the highlight yeah. of the whole uh, of the whole event. <laughs> And the guy's heart is just insanely huge. I, I really did. I, I totally judged him book by his cut by its cover. I saw him and I was like, Oh, this is not for me. Um, I'm in the wrong room. And then I heard him talk and I was like, wow. So the power one more, he doesn't say exactly that, but he says something similar, which is that you as a leader, your number one job is to sell a massive vision yeah. to your team. Um, but he doesn't say about getting their vision to fit into it. And I loved, I loved that spin that you took on it. I think, uh, um, man, I gotta, I gotta remember that every time, I'm, yeah. you know, every time I'm working and, with my team. And the other thing I'll tell you is as you start to attract better and better talent, you need your vision to be elastic, almost like a balloon. If you stay like confined, like a tin can, nobody will be able to achieve what they want. You've got to be able to grow your vision and expand what's possible with the people that come inside of your world. And the more elastic you allow your vision to be and, and what's possible for your life, the more incredible talent you will attract to it because they all can start to see this way to fill it in, fit in, fit in, fit in. Um, I mean, I, I'm pretty diligent about like mapping out my future, right? Like I've seen the success of a five-year vision. I've seen the success of having goals. And so, um, in 2016, I had my bookkeeper at the time, which everybody's gonna be like, Oh my God, you're paying a bookkeeper. I paid her a hundred dollars a month to put my expenses into QuickBooks. So I could start looking at my personal finances, like a business, like everybody on uh, listening to this podcast can pay a hundred dollars a month. Um, so, oh, so sure. I had QuickBooks, totally. right? And so I said, Hey, can you export QuickBooks in Excel for me with my, my whole balance sheet and PL? And what I did was I mapped out the next 10 years of my PL and my balance sheet and what it was going to look like year by year by year. And I just dumb luck stumbled on this about two weeks ago, um, when I was preparing for something and I looked at it 
And I am ahead of what I mapped out for 2024. I'm ahead of what I mapped out for 2025. All of the numbers are scary similar to what I put on the piece of paper, yet none of the income sources look exactly like I thought. So like we can get to wherever we want to go in life. It's just going to always look a little bit different than we thought. And you got to have the courage to be able to choose it, even though it looks a little bit different. Yeah. I I find that I find when your vision's really clear, because I did this in poker, right? Once I started expanding Mm, my vision, I'll give an example, right? I was making, let's say five to 10 grand a month. But then I was like, you know what? I want to make 25 grand a month. What it forced me to do is to have my lens see better opportunities. And then I wanted to take that 25 grand into 50 grand into 100 grand. And it forced me to jump into different opportunities that I typically wouldn't have done. Because now I've trained myself to really look through the lens of my vision. And that's what happens when you're really, really clear. And so when you say your income sources were different, it's because your vision was expanded. And then you saw another opportunity. You're like, Oh, shit, maybe I should explore this. Maybe I should go look into this. And let me go. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. Yeah. I find yeah. it so interesting when even in GoBundance or other successful entrepreneurs, when I ask them what's their vision, they don't know what it is yet. They don't put enough energy on it. And this is why I love the one sheet so much, right? But like to get really clear on what's happening five years from now, 10 years from now, if you're listening to this, you don't have a very crystal clear vision for that. You better get your ass up and go do that. Yeah, right I mean, now. the best uh, book I think is Vivid, vivid Vision's great. Vision, vivid Vision's great. Great. Um, but honestly, I love the exercise. honestly, all you have to do is just go find a coffee shop and write a narrative, write a story, write a book about what your life looks like yeah. in five years. Read it and say, is yeah. that compelling? Yeah. If it's not, tweak it. If it is, put it in your phone, read it one time a month for the next year. And I guarantee you, your life will change. 100%. I want to add a caveat to that too. get yourself in a confident yeah. state and then write from a super confident state. Because when you're confident and you're feeling yourself, you will write out a huge vision where like, Maybe later on, you're like, oh, shit, yeah. maybe that was a little big, but that's and, what you stick to. And revisit it every year. I'm actually, so I'm about to do mine again mid-year because I recently had like this kind of just huge awakening moment in my life where I think for, I think we talk a lot of times about oh, the importance of balance and the importance of, you know, your kids and, you know, the things that, the things that really matter in life, right? Like spending time, you know, spending time how you want to live. But I think I had a really hard time totally internalizing it. I think it's still, if I'm being totally honest, up until like a month ago, it still sat secondary to me achieving my business goals. And then I had like this just epiphany moment. Um, and, and I mean, this is a total confession, but I had this epiphany moment of how little, like of how, how the only thing that matters with any of my business goals is building the freedom to do the other things that actually matter to me. (laughs) And I know I've said, like, I probably said those words before, but I didn't totally internalize it. And, and I, and I don't think I was living, like, I think I was really unhappy because of it. Um, so right now I'm actually going through and I'm redoing my vision, even though it's mid year, because I just, I looked at it and I was like, man, this is, this is like, this is totally built on all the lies I've been telling myself for the past like five years. Um, even though, even though I would say the things, right. And I would put those things into my vision. It wasn't, it wasn't really what I believed. Um, and I love, I love that exercise of doing that vision because you can get so crystal clear Yeah. and then you can really look at your life and realize like, is my life aligning with it? And, and when you do have those kind of epiphany moments, you can go back to it and be like, Oh shit. You know, I was totally wrong. You don't, it doesn't have to be perfect. No, right. It doesn't. Um, yeah. 
it's crazy what you can get when you write down things too. I swear when I write things down, it's like magic. It's, it's the, it's the, Bon the most bonkers thing in the yeah world. that's why I, I, that's one thing i think that is dying that we need to be careful of is writing like i don't think it's the same when you text i think when you see your hand put oh, those words on yeah. paper and you see the ink come out of the pencil or the ink come out of the pen like i think there's something that it does inside inside of you inside of your subconscious yeah. mind that helps you remember remember it you know programs your reticular activating system a little bit stronger and all of a sudden helps bring that stuff to reality I don't know if you're playing the uh, playing the I didn't go to college card, but there is, there's actually studies about that, that your retention and your and your connection with the words you write is way stronger when you write by hand than when you. Yeah, I've I, I don't know. If, I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if you actually I've, read that. Or not, I've read the studies true. just because I dropped out of college doesn't mean I'm not learning okay. based. <laughs> no, no, well, that's no. Why you I'm just saying. call him dumb on our show. No, 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 I, no, no. I said no. I didn't know. I said he's I know, playing I'm the just card. With he's you. playing I'm the card. Play, I'm always, I'm always, I'm always playing the card, man. And, and what I'll tell you is, like, there's yeah. so much information in the world. There's so many places you can consume knowledge. Like, every single person I come in contact with is somebody I can learn from. Whether it's the janitor, the stewardess on the flight, the guy sitting next to you, the guy checking your ticket. It, Every single person has a lesson to teach you if you're willing to slow down and just be present to why and what. Um, and then you take those lessons and you apply them to your life and you use them and you try them on just like a shirt. And if it fits and it feels good, cool, keep it. And if it doesn't, throw it away, return it, take it back, give it to someone else. You don't have to keep it. Yeah. Matt, so outside of monetary yeah. goals, what is your vision five years from now? For me, it's all about having freedom. Uh, it's all about having the freedom to do what I want, when I want, with whomever I want, wherever the heck I want to do it. Um, I want to be able to show my kids the world. I want to be present at their soccer games. I want to go to the school choir concert in the middle of the day. I want to be the dad dropping them off at school, picking them up at the end of the day. I want to be the dad that's, you know, making burgers during summer break while everybody's swimming and it's the middle of a work day. Like, I just yeah. want, cho I just want that's choice. Awesome. I just want flexibility. I just want yeah. freedom. And um, you know, as long as I can keep my health and keep, you know, grinding and keeping clear in my vision, I know I'll have that freedom and I'll get it. Uh, and then it's about experiencing cool things with incredible people. Like we did a friend's trip this year that I was just like inspired to show my friends like what's possible in the world and do a trip like bigger than any of them have ever experienced or thought possible. Not ask for anything, not no ask way. for anything in exchange, but just attend and be there. And, you know, like we had a time of a lifetime and, I think we'll do it every year now. Like it brought me so much energy to see everybody experience life at a different level that I was just like, how can I not keep doing this? Yeah, is that the, awesome. is that like the biggest kind of, I guess not, not monetary, but is that like the biggest kind of big thing you've done is like, just been like, take them all and do something or what other things have you done? Cause I, I, I think that's a cool, really cool idea. Have you done that I've like done it family? with a bunch of stuff. Or... So like um, my father-in-law has five acres in Wisconsin and he's a mechanic, very mechanical. And he has a shed between his house. He has a, a, a shed. He calls it a shed. I mean, this thing is like you could eat off the floor. It's giant. He's got a bunch of cars in it and stuff. <laughs> and he's got like a path between the house and the shed. And he's obsessed about his grass. And since I started dating my wife, so 10 years, he's been talking about putting in a sidewalk. And finally, like three years ago, I looked at my wife. I'm like, we're just going to put in this fucking sidewalk. It's like three thousand dollars i don't know why he keeps talking about it but we're just going to build this stupid sidewalk i mean literally to this day i'll get texts from him in the middle of the That's winter awesome. while he shovels that sidewalk in wisconsin saying shoveled my sidewalk thanks again i think about you guys every day i walk on it um <laughs> you know a story i'll share and, sure. and at the risk of blowing my cover because he still doesn't know that i've done this 
um, and I, and hopefully my dad doesn't listen to this. My dad. Well, it would be a shock yeah, right? if he does. But we, <laughs> yeah. we would be, we've got some serious Good. reach. Well, my dad, um, he's always wanted a Mustang and he's at the end of his career and he's talking about retiring and he drove a Mustang as a rental car. And he called me and he started talking about like, oh yeah, maybe I'll pay off my car and then I'll get a Mustang and it'd be cool to have a Mustang for my retirement car as a third car and stuff. <laughs> and so I called, I, I figured out, when I went home, I looked through my parents' bill drawer like a creep. I figured out who his loan was with. I called Wells Fargo and said, my dad has a loan with you guys. Here's his name. Here's his address. Here's all of his information. I want to pay off the car. And he literally called me like three weeks later and he's like, you know, we're going to look at a Mustang. I'm like, oh my God, a Mustang. Why? What happened? He's like, mom's been paying down the car faster than neither of us realized. The car's paid off and I found the perfect Mustang and I'm going to go buy it. No. I mean, oh, he fucking sick. drives That's the Mustang amazing. to work Incredible. and he's about to retire. He's got the Mustang now and oh, man. What year 2016. Yep. Yep. And cool, so man. like that is a that is an awesome story, man. I but I didn't that. want any I still I still to this day haven't told him. Um I don't I think my mom knows. I'm assuming she knows cuz she was paying the bills, but I never talked about it, never brought it up. I didn't do it for anything, but I wanted him to just I wanted to see the passion in his eyes. I wanted to hear the fire in his voice when he was like I driving the mustang that. like that's why that's, that's why so i do cool, what man. i do yeah do you guys know if you can still do somebody the other day i was trying to figure this out um and i i love that you did that anonymously do you guys know if you can still do and matt you may know can you still do donor advised yes. funds where like yeah can you oh, okay i gotta reach out to you about that because sometimes there have been people that i've wanted to give to you but i really don't want to be known you know i don't i don't want to i don't want anybody to know so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to you about that. Yeah, cool. Matt, really, really appreciate you being on. I mean, the hour flew by super quickly. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> just appreciate everything you're doing for GoBundance. You at the helm. I have all utmost confidence in it. And so, thank you again for the amazing job you do. Thank you so much. It's been great to have you on. All right, everyone. That's the pod. Bye. All right. So that's it for this episode of Road to 100. Thank you so much for watching or listening. All the links and resources that we mentioned are going to be linked down in the video description or in the show notes. And depending on where you're watching or listening to this. If you're listening to this on a podcast platform, then please make sure to leave us a five-star review because it truly helps new people to discover the podcast. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, then you can leave your comment below and ask any questions, insights, or thoughts about the episode. Thanks so much for watching. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button.